3: This is Cut to It with Steve Smith Sr. A production of The Black Effect and iHeartRadio. I'm Steve Smith
4: Sr. And I'm Little Littlejohn. And this is Cut to It. Cut to it. Cut to it. Let's get down to it. Cut to it.
3: We ask the questions you always want to know, but no one ever asks.
4: Let's cut to it.
5: I you ain't heard about it, then we're about to let you know. You know it's on. It's on. You know
4: it's all. That was a great podcast.
2: <laughs> you
4: no don't want to go All right. Uh, J.D., Chris, thanks for coming on the Cut To It podcast on this special episode. Whoa,
3: whoa. Come on right. now. Who's J.D. and Chris?
4: J.D. Williams and Chris. I got to bring up my notes now. Walters. Chris Walters. Ooh, sorry. So I had J. it
3: before he did. That's Thank, a, you.
4: Thank hey, you for remembering who out I Out
3: of five million episodes, that's the first
4: time ever. He's correct me. So that's that's cool. Uh, yeah, J.D. Williams, Chris Walters from Charlotte Mecklenburg Police Department. Uh, we're happy to have you on and, and just have some good conversation today. So our first segment is called Get Iced Up. Smitty, so go ahead and give them the first one.
3: You two ready? We are ready. All right, ready. officers, buckle up, buttercups. Oh, I'm ready. Go. All right. Each of you. And you two decide rock, paper, scissors on who goes first. What's the last book you've read? Tanashi Coates. Mm. was the last book. I read? Impressive. What you got,
5: Chris? The Bible. Read it every day. <laughs> you
3: you should have mm-hmm. said You should have. I should have hit him with it. Because I, I usually that's say it's the, the, the easy remote. one. I know it's the truth, but it's but the yeah. lazy truth. Though.
5: Yeah. It's hard work being dedicated. <laughs> to
4: the lord nice rebuttal I, i'm gonna uh, move before the
3: lightning hit because he said it with a wink in his two, eye two
4: points for the reversal
3: yep uh, okay
4: i've known you for almost 20 years chris
3: yep ah!
5: <laughs> chris i'm leaving footsteps
1: for you, oh brother. okay <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. okay footsteps you, all right brother?
3: um jd what did you want to be growing up
6: oh as a kid Growing up, I wanted to be an uh, <laughs> underwater photographer.
1: Hmm.
6: Yeah. I mean, yeah. Where would that stem from? Yes, please. Um, I used to love watching animal shows as a kid, hmm. and I swore out I was going to be the next Jacques Cousteau or something like that. Wow.
3: Hmm. Okay. Yeah. What about oh, you, Chris? God. You got to think of a lie now, because you can't talk that. You can't
5: say, <laughs> listen, I want to be a cartoonist. Listen, <laughs> listen. Uh, as cliche as it is, it's law enforcement. And... Uh, the reason that is is because I was seven years old, mm-hmm. uh, at home, single mom, mm-hmm. and by myself. She was at work, and I'm flipping through the channels, watching TV, and the show Cops is on. So I stop. I look at it, and it immediately enthralls me. Mm. So I immediately associated that to what a man was: fast, strong, authoritative, sheepdog protector. Mm. And my mom came home that day, and I told her I was going to be a uh, a man when she. You know, when I grew up. Not been a law. That's my goal the entire time being a law enforcement. Yeah. Now,
3: how old are you, Chris? Forty. Now I'm forty two. If you're talking about the same cops I'm talking about, the fast people weren't in the uniform back in the day the <laughs> <in> cops.
5: What? <Well, laughs> I'm just As a seven year old, they're all fast. JD right? JD, <laughs> JD laughing like Steve got a point. Well, like
3: the old like the new cops, yeah. The old cop back when it first started. Yeah,
4: good luck. Ooh, the brothers listen.
3: used to outrun that camera you. Oh,
4: here's headquarters on You better, you better pump up those D Browns.
3: Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna need them. All right, Chris. Yes. Sir. Do you prefer baths
5: or showers? Is a loofah involved? Brother,
3: involved. I don't oh, care really. what you do. Yes. In your I'm room. a shower. I'm a shower guy. Oh, okay. Definitely. Cool. All
5: right ice bath, ice bath.
3: Of course you going Ice bath? Yeah. Man.
6: Keeps my joints good.
5: Oh, okay. You one of those, huh? Yeah. I, I knew that would yeah. Come out smelling like Bengay. <laughs> Pretty much.
6: <laughs> <laughs> Icy hot. <laughs>
3: now it's probably, it's, it's evolved biofreeze. Biofreeze. Yeah. bio-freeze. <laughs> Listen, I gotta, back man. when we
4: split. it was called Cream of Jesus. Slap that biofreeze on it and fix anything. Yeah. <laughs> my right. sticking out my neck puts biofreeze on.
3: <laughs> Chris, favorite Family vacation you've had, cruises. I love cruises. Mm.
6: Okay, JD. Uh, cross country trips with my family. Um,
3: my grandmother okay. lived. What, what do you consider cross country? From Cali to New York. Okay, cool. I just mm-hmm. wanted to Road make trip. sure because I've met some folks. Mm-mm. Yeah. They ain't left the county, but they consider it traveling. <laughs> no, you know, from cross, Cali. Cross Cali, it's a different trip. <laughs> a, different strokes, different folks. Yeah. Oh, cool! Mm-hmm. All right, last one. With having two cops here, I have to ask this question. So, choices: croissants, bagels, or donuts? Donuts.
5: Absolutely, donuts. Mm. Uh, if the <laughs> hot and now sign is on.
4: Are y'all like contractually obligated to say that? No. no. Is that,
3: is that- have you <laughs> ate Have you ever eaten a donut? Depends <laughs> on where you get it
5: from. <laughs> All right,
3: cake or Krispy Kreme? Cake. That's oh. a West Coast, dude. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Mm. The world runs on Duncan. See, nah. yeah. What you got, Chris? You. Where you from, Chris.
5: Chris? Charlotte. Oh, uh, so you like Krispy Kreme. Krispy Kreme. that hot, hot, juicy uh, it, uh, yeah. from the- Whoa, pause, uh, yeah. pause, pause.
2: Look at,
6: You see how he went for it, though? Look
3: at at Look, Look at it. this. Wow. All right, let's move on. Okay, so favorite sports scene growing up? 49ers.
5: <laughs> what about you, Chris? I was a Vikings fan until the Panthers came. I you we didn't have a, Gotcha, gotcha yeah. gotcha. yeah, we didn't have a, see, a So tenor.
3: you didn't like you didn't like Washington football team.
5: Everybody here liked either mm-hmm. Washington or Dallas or Pittsburgh. If you were a Dallas fan, then you were a Laker fan, mm-hmm. and you were a Yankee fan. It's like everybody's
4: all yeah, across it's the country. A whole you know? bunch of those. Right. Yeah, like so I'm, I'm
3: already starting to see you the opposite. So it's like. No Washington here in Charlotte. Let me go
5: with Minnesota, okay? You Just going against the grain. Well, you know, just what I like to eat, yeah. what I like to watch. Yeah. You
3: know? Chris, where are you from In the place you call your
5: hometown? I'm um, from Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Uh was raised on the east side. Mm-hmm. Lived with my uh, mother mm-hmm. uh, in a single one-bedroom apartment. Mm-hmm. She had a twin bed on one end of the bedroom, and I had a twin bed on the other end of the bedroom. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I lived there. Paycheck to paycheck until I was probably eleven, and we moved to uh, a two-bedroom house off of Lawyers Road, mm. uh, right outside of Manhill, mm. and I, I lived there until I graduated high school.
3: High school you go to graduate. Independence. Okay. What about you, JD.
6: Yeah, from Riverside, uh, the IE, and um, I stay, I was there my whole life until I went to the Marine Corps, mm. uh, Special Ops. And then um we were talking about earlier I was on the All Ring boxing team. Uh moved to Vegas when I got out to go pro. Wow. And uh realized real quick I need to get a job. <laughs> so
3: at what round did you realize you needed oh, to get a job? Oh
6: man. God, it is, it is a whole long story, but... Uh, Just had, tell
3: me which round you got your ass whooped there. Uh, ass <laughs> that I, in house. I'd
6: say probably when, I, when my tooth got broken. Oh, yeah, that'll, that'll <laughs> in, in, do in, it. That's the ass whooped that change your mind. Yeah. I mean,
1: other
4: than yeah. that, the story was like you had the typical boxer story, right? You grew up in Cali, then you go to Vegas to train, and, but then yeah. tooth broken. Oh, yeah.
3: That's what I said. I, I said, "What ass? What what round did you get your ass whooped <laughs> that, that I, made you change career?" The
4: entire.
3: <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> 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 it's like, well, I was but saying but that's from. from well, the- why? Well, I lost the tooth.
6: Uh, I can't hear hey, out of my from, right ear from the sound. Bing! <laughs> everybody got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Yeah, <laughs> everybody got a plan until they get punched in the face. And, man. and
3: they tooth fall out.
6: Right. I, that tooth, I swallowed it. I swallowed it. I thought it was a piece <laughs> yeah. of my mouthpiece, man. I that swallowed is, it. That'll yeah. make you cancel your plans. Yeah. What was his
3: name? I
6: remember it's some little nineteen-year-old Hispanic kid, straight straight out of Texas. Yep, wore me out, brother.
3: Huh. How many rounds?
6: Uh, it was an exhibition, so we were doing like fours. Oh,
3: you got your ass for practice. Oh yeah, yeah,
5: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Finish it, talking about
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
6: that's how I knew my tooth was broken. Oh. The trainer was asking me questions. I was like
3: <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> sorry.
6: Yeah, yeah. But I was old. You I know, mean, that's what the problem is. You know, with, being a professional athlete.
3: You were old.
6: Yeah, for for boxing, I I was in the Marine Corps first. Yeah. And when I got out, I was twenty seven, going on twenty eight, trying to go pro boxing. Negative. Mm. Negative. you are behind the power curve, brother.
3: I'm not sure how to follow up with that. Yeah. One. I'm, I'm sorry. Nah, it's all good. Yeah, I'm Sorry. I don't apologize. <laughs> it for it worked I out exactly way it's I was supposed joking, to. But he really got his ass. With me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like ah, you got beat up. It's like no, nah, for real. <laughs> for real, for real. Yeah, for real, for real. Yeah,
4: yeah. So, <laughs> so, so, growing up in, in in Cali for UJD and in Charlotte. How did how did growing up in those places? Uh, shape your outline or outlook on life today i be honest
6: with you um no, i never had never never had any aspirations of being a police officer mm. never had any aspirations of being law enforcement in fact i was one of those kids um and steve we're from the same spot you know if this was gang banging you know it was a line you know i was kind of teetering but i never got in any trouble or anything like that you know i had a good head on my shoulders um but I, you know, to be honest with you, as a kid, I, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't pro police at all. Why? Um, you know, you know, you know, how it was back then. You had the, uh, you had the task force. Uh-huh. You know, uh, San Bernardino County Sheriff's Department,
3: Riverside County, uh, LA. How old are you? Uh, Forty nine. So you were, we were on that same mm-hmm. time frame. Especially uh, Riverside Simi Valley was no, not a police department in Los Angeles as well liked or well, well respected. Why? Because you had the Rodney King, and, uh, you know, you had the Rodney King, which led to the Reginald Denny, to Red Shit led to L.A. riots.
6: Yeah, and before before we got into a culture of policing where it was taboo, it's taboo now to profile back then, profiling was how they did their work. Mm. You know, they go into certain neighborhoods and look for people that fit the description, and um, they stop and, and... you know, harass you, you know, ask you questions. Where you going? Where you been? Where you coming from? Uh, my prom night, I got proned out. We in tuxedos. You know, they were just doing it to be jerks. So, but what changed my outlook, because I was a single dad. Um, I was special ops in the Marine Corps, like I told you. So when I got out, I was either going to be a cop or a fireman.
3: Mm.
6: Um, and there was a point where I realized that you got to fight the battle from within.
4: Mm.
3: So... So let me stop you right there, because Chris, as you hear JD say that, what do you? Not to put you on the spot, but I'm putting you on the spot. What do you? What do you feel? Or since because you are a white police officer, hearing how how that impacted <clears throat> JD as a black man, but it didn't deter him. However, hearing a police officer say that back in the day.
5: It's disturbing. Like mm. I think we've found where the di- there's a disconnect in uh, humanity. Right? Uh, when I grew up, I grew up uh, on the east side, low income housing. Yeah. Um, I didn't see a difference in people. Me personally, I, I, I didn't. All of my friends well, were. You know, uh, you
3: say uh, I've heard that though. I hear people say that. You, I don't see. A difference in people.
5: Growing up I didn't I was but, I was eight years old. That that is something to me, yeah. I believe is taught and that was not taught in my household. Cool. I, 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 I was it. not taught. I was I, raised. I, I by just, a single I've mom never I've was, never
3: had that opportunity to ask someone. Because right. 'cause I've heard you know, you sometimes <laughs> yeah. hear people
4: say, so I don't see color. You do the hell oh, you yeah. can't yeah. use your color. But but I I, I get where <laughs> I get where you come from from it to yep. where when you're in that neighborhood and you're surrounded by it, you don't know a difference. It's the norm. Now, but everybody isn't afforded this. I think, this. Yes,
5: I think yeah. it's a social economic yeah. placement uh, issue that I, I found myself in. Mm-hmm. I was an undereducated mom who didn't even graduate high school, working paycheck to paycheck. I distinctly remember going over to my neighbor's house with a five-gallon bucket to fill the water up because our water was turned off mm-hmm. to flush the toilet. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's it's what we lived with. I mean, that that, is, that was your normal. That was my norm, yeah. right? Yeah. Like that is what my best friend Terrence growing up, my other best friend Taiwan growing up. Like that is what we experienced growing up, yeah. and we never thought we were different from one another. That was how we connected and related to one another. I, I think
3: that's interesting you say that. Not, and, and I love that comparison. It's damn near impossible to feel like you're different when the stuff you don't have your neighbors don't have yeah. right right yeah like i i mean what you're saying is growing up my grandparents in their, in their place man we had the we had the bowl in the sink you wash your hands and unless you did number 2 you used the you mm-hmm. used the water when it got high enough to dump the pee
5: to make it flush to make Need it, it flush. flush right amen yep
3: you know cuz you that's just how it was mm-hmm. that you know so for me that that was that was my our standard that's what that was what we had to the point of where when I went back home with my kids when I they pulled up to uh to grandma and grandpa Betty and Frank's house on a 349 East 126th Street they looked like What is this? One of my, -hmm. my boy, my oldest, now 23, we've traveled across, we've traveled around the world. And I, and I mean to say that, not in bragging context. Years before we went to Italy, but he says, we've been to Mexico. He says, those just look like the homes in Mexico, daddy. Shanties.
5: Mm -hmm.
3: Where'd he get that? He got that is by experience where we traveled on vacation, he saw that similarity as where I grew up because that was his reality. Yeah, Right.
4: Now, J.D. mentioned what his interaction was with the police when he was younger. Chris, what was yours?
5: I I never really had much. Uh, I remember them in the neighborhood driving through, but I never physically saw any kind of interaction with law enforcement and... Community members Like I just never saw it But my mom also Kept a tight leash on me Because Again Working paycheck to paycheck I wasn't allowed to be outside uh, If she wasn't home mm. And so that gave me roughly On average About 45 minute window To be outside From the time that She was home And then the, the lights came on And I had to come home mm. You know You
3: are right. a, a latchkey kid yeah, 100%. Like me too. 100%. Mm-hmm. I was a latchkey kid too. I and a, I said the I had there, the key on the, on, on the, on the, neck, on the neck with <laughs> the shoe string. With the shoe string. Yeah, but then <laughs> when the shoe string break, so mom put it on the um on the ID. Yeah. The oh, little,
4: yeah. little yep. dog tag. Mm-hmm. There wasn't
3: no dog tag, just you, the key. Just you, the key. The you those, get those
4: little, done at Walmart. I remember yeah, them back in the day.
5: You lose that key. The key, boy. I mean, I asked
3: what was that. That, that, that was, was, that was
5: I was not afraid of, hey, my key is gone. I was afraid of the look and the reaction I was no. gonna get from my mom when I got, you know, she got home. Yeah. Don't let me be sitting on the porch step when she pulls up. Mm. Bad day.
3: At what point, for both of you guys, I guess, at what point did you realize that becoming a police officer was okay? What was the reception? From your friends, family, and and people you you interacted with, and you also respected their opinion.
6: Uh, for me, it was a split. Um, of course, your parents are always going to be proud of you. Uh, my grandparents were real, real proud, but a lot of the uh, younger generation, my age and younger in my family, um, they were cool, but it was. You know, you could always tell, oh, you know, JD here, you know, the cop here, you know, mm. oh, Popo here, you know. And um, I think it you learn to be able to uh, conduct conversations with your family and your friends real fast because anytime something happens, you're the sounding board, mm. right? As a black man, as a cop, you're the sounding board. Well, why y'all do this? Why the police, you know? Please do that. Why they do this? You know, and to have those conversations and walk away with your family and still have respect, you know, respect, and and maybe hopefully give somebody understanding. Like I get quick example. I got a homeboy back home. This dude been shot twice. Uh, he got shot in high school. He got shot probably about ten years ago, and his mama's house got shot up twice. <laughs> but then he'll call me and be like. Why like y'all police keep shooting people? <laughs> like, was that, you know, but you, you've you been shot twice by people that probably look like you. Um, so to be able to sit down with him and have that conversation, um, I think it's empowering at times, but it's also draining. Draining. is exhausting.
5: Mm-hmm. Yes, sir.
3: What about you, Chris? For
5: me, um, family side, it was just like I said, just me and my mom. She's passed. Uh, mm. She always said that she was going to support me in whatever I did, Mm. right? And she knew that that was my goal. But she instilled in me, if that's something you want to do, you have to get out of this cycle. And that's what I was talking about earlier about the Mm. social economic cycle, right? You have to get out of this cycle. And the way you get out of that cycle is education. You have to graduate high school. You have to. And so as I got older, I did my research and realized that I have to have a high school diploma. I don't have to have a college degree. Because in my mind, I'm waiting for a local church to come and bring me food from their food pantry. Mm. I certainly cannot afford to go to college. Mm. My mom didn't know that I was a prime candidate to get, you know, free money to pay for me to go to college based on our social economic status. But she had not even graduated high school herself. Mm. And so that's where the, I just knew I had to, I had to make it to graduation of high school. And that was the focus that I had. I got my first job when I was thirteen, to help pay bills because I got tired of the water being cut off, the the power being cut off until payday. Mm. I remember how excited Fridays came when she got paid. She went and got her check cashed, and we went to Pizza Hut. I mean, mm. that was like I was getting a hot meal. Mm. I was free reduced lunch. I got that was my hot meal of the week. I remember how excited I was with that. So she said to get out of the cycle. You have to get an education, mm. right? And so that's where I stayed in. You know, I made sure I did what I was supposed to do and finished out high school. <laughs> friends, some have come and gone, uh, which is natural. Yeah. That happens with no with, matter what what <clears> line career. of duty you do, right? Yeah. Right. That 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 happens. Um, you can see, and like I, when I was in recruiting, I used to tell people also that you'll see the difference of who your true friends are, right? Because regardless of what you're doing as a career, if we're we're boys, you're going to be my boy, right? Because at the end of the day, you define the uniform. You don't let the uniform Mm. define you, Mm. right? So I'm Chris Walters in uniform. I'm Chris Walters out of uniform. Mm. That's just who I am, right? And so you can see when people start to distance themselves, it's like, were you really my boy to begin with, Mm. Right.
3: We have to take a break, and more than anything, we got to pay some bills. hmm You got check. I love Cut To It, and I, I love it even more when you download us and subscribe.
4: And you can follow us on social media, too, Smitty.
3: Where, where at?
4: That's at Cut To It on Instagram. What about Twitter? At Cut To It. Facebook? Cut To It featuring Steve Smith Sr. What about online? And you can follow us at CutToItPodcast.com, where you can buy merch, and you can subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. I got all my answers, um,
3: questions,
4: I got all my questions answered. That's what I'm here for, brother. CutToItPodcast.com.
2: You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots, being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque.
0: In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot, and every dribble is immediately, undeniably, consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Their year. These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC.
7: How do we level the playing field for all entrepreneurs? 55% of white businesses survive the startup phase, while only 4% of black businesses do the same. So I want every black entrepreneur to know about the One Million Black Businesses Initiative.
3: Well, let's get into the rec- the career stuff. You know, what's 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 the best part of the job? Working with kids.
6: Hmm. Um especially when you have an opportunity to show up in a neighborhood or a sp- uh, particular community in uniform and have a positive interaction with young kids because a lot of these kids they only see officers responding hmm. to uh negative situations, people getting arrested, you know, chaos. Um and I understand that because of, you know, uh, to Chris's point, uh, socioeconomic situations, you have a lot of children that live in areas where they're exposed to trauma daily. Mm. At a young age. And and it's normalized. Huge mental health. It's normalized. Mm. Like so-and-so shooting at each other on the corner, it's normal for them. and That's not normal. And then the police responding and having all kinds of chaos in their, in their neighborhood, that's not normal. It's not how a kid is supposed to grow up. Hmm. So, you know, when I have those opportunities to, to coach and work with Pal and, yeah. and just have those kind of, and I, I I try to be in uniform or some kind of uniform uh, intentionally. Hmm. Uh, that's intentional. I, I, I went to one of your camps. Uh, uh, I think you had it at Audrey Kale. Yeah,
3: that was years ago. Years ago. I and I, I, I would too. show
6: up and I would always have something because I had volunteered and I would have something that represented me being a cop. Mm. So that we can open up conversations and then these kids can walk away and be like, Yeah, you know, Officer JD, he helped me, you know, run my routes or he helped me do mm. whatever. Um, I played football for the Cobras, uh, the Charlotte uh, police uh, and fire team. Mm. Um, and any chance we had, you know, to interact with those kids so that way they can be exposed to police officers on a positive level.
3: If you don't mind, let's talk. Can we talk about those stigmas? Because,
5: sure. absolutely.
3: I think there's a stigma as a, I'm a law-abiding c- citizen. Mm-hmm. There's a stigma with the police. And I think to some degree, some police officers, there's a mm-hmm. stigma that not everybody is a law-abiding citizen. Right. Right. For various reasons, mm-hmm. because of maybe what they experienced as a kid or adult or a teenager right. or a college student and vice versa. Yeah. So I want to run through some scenarios that me and Gerard have been through. Mm-hmm. And I want you to walk me through. Am I off base with this? Okay. And you can tell me, Steve, that was BS. Or you know, even what did you do? What you know, right. were you just to really just to walk through it almost like, you know, talking about football. Right. A couple of years ago, I'm back home coming, uh, visiting family. We were down at uh down in Santa Monica Pier. Right. And my own stomping grounds, I used to actually work at the uh at the Ferris Wheel in Santa mm-hmm. at, at the Santa Monica Pier, right? So we're we're staying in Orange County. I'm driving all the way back. Now it's about nine thirty East Co- uh West Coast time. Mm-hmm. I'm in a car full of family. I got my beautiful wife in the front seat. I got my, my three Deuce wasn't even born, so I had my three kids in the back at that time. Um so this was six years ago. Um Six and a half years ago, he'd be seven uh, this July. So, so I'm starting, You know, I'm looking around. I can't turn the radio up, or any, you know, anymore, because then I wake up the wake right. up the kids. And so I'm going and I'm driving and I can feel myself now. I can feel myself kind of like, hey, we need to get back. Yeah. Right. So I do what any other dad does when he's in a car w- with a family. Sleep. What does he do? Speed up a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I'm speeding up, and. I'm driving and I, you know, I'm I'm going a little bit beyond the speed limit. Okay, I okay. admit that. He pulls me over. Whoop, whoop. Damn, got me. Right. So pulls me over. I have my ID already pulled out. Mm-hmm. He comes up to the car, asks me, is this your vehicle? Okay. Now, first of all, I already know now. And then that if the officer has enough time and tell me if this is correct or if you know I, this is a mistake, that if you have enough time and you run my run those place of that vehicle, hmm. it tells you if that's your vehicle, generally my picture of my ID hmm. pops up, it has my address, my face, even my social security number. No social security. No. Okay, no, thank you. That's that's good because I got some good credit. Um <laughs> oh, flex,
4: flex. Woo. No, I used to have bad credit. <laughs> <All right. laughs> you know, continue Hollywood Hogan. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> um and it
3: will say possibly if you have a concealed and carry attached yeah. to that, is that correct?
5: Yep. Yeah. What you well and other than the the photograph, like it it, it pulls up showing name. Address, date of birth, okay. who it's registered to. All so right. unless I know you personally, when I walk up to the car, I don't know who that is. Right. Okay. Uh, but I think that it's all about the the delivery. Yeah. Okay. But, mm-hmm. Yeah. Go ahead. Perfect. So
3: first question he asked me, whose vehicle is this? Well, in my head, I'm going, my the same vehicle. You know, it's popped up. Hurts. I, I said. And a rental. He says, oh, okay. Do you know why I stopped you? Now, this is my answer all the time. If you pull me over and I'm going three million miles per hour, you know what I'm always saying? I have no idea why you pulled me over. <laughs> I don't know. Years, <laughs> no, I don't say I don't know. I say, I have no idea.
2: Right.
3: My wife would be, my lovely wife, Angie, she'd be like. Yeah. You don't know why? No, I don't know why. <laughs> Here, the teeth suck. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have no idea. <laughs> so, that's so what he says. He says, whose vehicle is this? I said, it's, it's a rental car. He says, license or registration. Well, I don't have registration because it's a rental car. So, I give him my rental agreement. Right. The contract. He goes, I don't need it. All right. I see what this shit is today. Mm being honest i give him my out of state license do you want to know what he says before when i give him my license before he goes back to his car and this is where me personally mm-hmm. i think this is where the bullshit happens he says do you have any warrants
1: mm-hmm. okay
3: i looked at him and said not that i know of but i'm pretty sure you, you will let the, me know you when you come back <laughs> That's what he asked me. Mm-hmm. What I have, I've been pulled over
4: because
3: uh, I've, you know, sometimes I'm in a hurry.
4: Yeah,
3: <laughs> I've been, you know, I, you got, a,
4: I've, I got a few of those too.
3: I've, mm-hmm. I got speed. I've been called speedy. but it, I have never. I've been asked a few things, mm-hmm. but do you have any warrants? I've never been asked that. Right? Why would a police officer ask me? Do I have any warrants out for my arrest? Well, going
6: back um, and to what Chris was saying a minute ago, a lot of times, and I don't know what the officer's demeanor was, I don't know, but a lot of times, you know, just like they talk about doctors and having bedside manners, hmm. um, I think a lot of times there's some officers out there that don't have good bedside manners, right? So, uh, both of us being supervisors, um, that's one thing that I expound upon when I'm when I'm working with my troops is your delivery. Um, the reason why he asked you if you had any warrants, I, I could not answer why he would ask you that because all he had to do was run your name, and any uh, local or national warrants would have come up um, in the system. And what person in the right mind is going to say, yeah, yeah, yeah? I've got, got I've got, have got a couple of murder warrants out for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, matter, you know, fact, uh, matter of fact, I matter mean, of fact, since, since your you asked, yeah. You
1: know, yeah, I was going to keep it to myself. Uh, but. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm but old. I mean, but yeah.
3: so go back. Who's in the car with me? Your wife and your family. My wife. Now my family is completely up. Right. Because we don't know. Yeah, they' spooked. We That'd don't be. know what this dude is going to do. Right. I started thinking. It's like when you take a test. Like I've taken a COVID test, and you start thinking about, well, whatever the result was, now I got to start back contact tracing, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm going, well, I, I'm thinking I'm good. I, I hope, right? And then you come back, and then you start thinking, like, shit, what if I do? If I don't, how I'm gonna work this? Right. Do I leave my fam? Do I do yeah. I run for it? You know? Yeah. And just that really just was very odd questioning. Mm-hmm. And I felt with anything, I had my paperwork ready. Mm
6: -hmm.
3: I wasn't hostile. I I was doing what he asked. Right. And he came. He 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 came from the first question. I really felt the questioning was, "Let me get him," Mm -hmm. or because
6: he's black, he probably has warrants. Yes.
3: Mm -hmm.
6: And I've had similar, you know, as a as a cop. Um some years ago, um I was driving to go see my son and um stationed down in Florida. And I was coming through, I think I was in I was in South Carolina. I was coming through South Carolina and um I get stopped. Um I had a little little um Tank
3: top and shorts on. Oh, guns out. Yeah, I guns ain't. out. Yeah. So yep. this, you know, <laughs> and,
6: and so this this is before we had any. You know, the guy's talking to me and he's like, "Yeah, that stopped you." Uh, um, I had made a a, uh, a lane change and I didn't realize when I made the lane change that that was a
3: HOV a, or, Yeah, a HOV yeah. lane.
6: So I, you know, not, it's not a little, from the they're air. a
3: little backwards in South Carolina, right?
6: So <laughs> I crossed the white, the, the solid white line, uh-huh. and he walks up and he says to me. You know, he gets my license registration, and he says, "So where'd you do time at?" Wow, that was his first question. So, it, it was, it was, it, you know, that wasn't his first question, but you know, license registration, I was, blah blah. I was in the top five. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. So where'd you do time at? And I says, "I've, I've never done time, sir." Oh well, you're kind of jacked up. You know, look, you know, lucky, you know, that' you know, you might you might have done some time
4: someplace. Wait a minute. So because you swole bones. He, he thinks you've he been prison clearly
5: I, I've never been asked that.
4: <laughs> he asked me it if won't
5: I, be. <laughs> I got the dad body going like no, but Bal real talk, the guy yeah, the uh
6: the highway patrolman asked me if I had ever done time anywhere. He said, Where'd you do time at? So I didn't say anything to him because I didn't want to hit him with the Was you what did what you, you want to say? say? <laughs>
0: Don't tell, tell me, what'd you want to hit him with? I didn't want to
6: hit him with the it? fact that I was a cop, man. Tell him, JD. Yeah, I was. I said, you know, I'm going to sit on him. JD you know, I'm is sitting on him. Uh, uh, hold on, uh, hold on. Yeah. I'm going to tell you what
3: JD was thinking. This motherfucker right here <laughs> don't even know. He don't These know. are like gym muscles. <laughs> Not but real talk, gym muscles. Real talk, though, how did that muscles? make you feel? made me
6: the same way that Steve felt. Like, did you ask, would you have asked any other citizen that?
3: No, no, no. Don't, don't sugarcoat that. Yeah. Just call it what it is. Yeah. Would you, you have
6: asked to, ask- if I was white? Yes. And jacked. Mm. Would you have asked me that same question? So to, to bring a conclusion to that, um, I waited until he ran all my stuff. And then, um, you know, he's giving me the, the whole rundown about the, um, the HOV lane. And he says, uh, so where are you headed? And I said, I'm going to see my son He's in the air force, uh, He goes, oh, he's a serviceman? I say, so am I, Marine. And then uh, he goes, oh, okay. So then I show him my badge. And just the, he was, you could see like, oh, you know. Mm. And um, then suddenly the conversation completely changed.
3: Oh, he flipped Mm -hmm. the script, huh? So. Uh-huh. I walked away from that. He wanna be friends now. Now, yeah. now you Buddy, now be best friends. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I would have ran out of told on his ass so quick. Yeah. <laughs> but Sorry. but, but again, to... <laughs> but
6: again, you know, the emotional side, mm. I had to check that. Mm. Because I had to take that situation and bring it back to my department and use that as a tool to better us.
1: Mm.
6: Um our professional accountability, one of our core 4 you know, the, the, uh what well, we have, our uh, strategic, strategic priorities that our chief puts out, uh, employee wellness, professional accountability, um, we have it laid out. And that reminded me of the professional accountability side of it and the employee wellness side of it and the community collaboration side of it, that mm-hmm. me coming back instead of being bitter about that situation, because I know that stuff happens. But now, when I have conversations with officers, in particular white officers that may not understand why black people feel the way they do when they get pulled over, why people of color might act a certain way when they get stopped by the police, why there's an immediate fight or flight response, mm. it's usually stemming from simple situations like mm-hmm.
4: that, yeah you're you're on high alert,
5: yeah, it's so frustrating too, being on the other side and Hearing stuff like that, it just it's disgusting. I,
6: yeah, and it makes it hard for my white counterparts. That you got Chris here is great guy. I've known him for twenty years, and um he's a great officer. He's a great friend, but I know that when he's looked at in his uniform, you know, it's automatically assumed that he's a white police officer. He's out to harm black people. Oh, yeah, he's, he's
4: profiled too. He's, yeah. So, it's, so
6: it's the, so that the broad
5: brush that, yeah. regardless of how it comes from anywhere, right? It's mm-hmm. that broad brush that you're painting that perpetuates the same prejudice that you claim to be against, mm-hmm. right? You can't broad brush anything. It's, you know, it's, but it's difficult mm-hmm. to combat that. I think it's about that time. Just uh, take a little breather.
4: do it. do it. Let's get down, do it.
3: Hey, Uh Gerard, where did you get that T-shirt? You mean this thing?
4: Oh, yes. I got it from CutToItPodcast.com, where we have exclusive merchandise. Shout out to our guys at 704 Shop. But, yeah, you can go on, buy you a T-shirt, subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts.
2: You know a spot. But not just a spot. The spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots... Being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. In the pressure
1: cooker
0: of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot, and every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The
1: playoffs are the time for the real.
0: Their year. These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC.
2: L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com, one place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind, like... How much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com.
3: What I love about this conversation is sometimes we lie so hard about race is not involved that we start to believe no, that can't be, yeah. and the fact of the matter is it is it's very real. People get pulled over because they're black. There's some white folks that get pulled over and late at night looking for drugs in a drug infested area being white because they're looking for drugs that's that's just a narrative that well whether we like to say it or not that's mm-hmm. that's that's mm-hmm. what it is, and sometimes we. Want so hard to not believe the facts that I was in Monroe I was deep in the sticks Albemarle North Carolina Mm -hmm. and I did a California rolling stop police officers pulled me over and say do you know why I stopped you no sir sir, I do not
5: remember I have no idea
3: (laughs) either one I still don't know (laughs) he goes what you doing around here that's what he asked me I said well I was Playing golf at, in, a, in the event, his next question was, where's your clubs then? Well, they're in the trunk. Popped a trunk. I popped a trunk. He looked at it, closed it. You know what the next thing he said? He said, go and get from around here. That's what he said. Mm-hmm. How do I not take that? You're supposed to take it exactly how it was. With, because,
6: and I wrote this down. Unfortunately, and it's, I'm glad you brought it up, um, you know, as we try to, every everybody wants to glaze over the race issue. Um, and as cops, unfortunately, the history of policing is ugly. Mm. Mm. Policing was initially brought into place to keep certain people in line. Mm. Um, and it's obviously evolved from that. And we, we, we would like to say that we are, we've moved on from it, but just like you got stopped and you had your interaction, he got stopped, he had his interaction, I got stopped and was automatically assumed because i work out that I must have done prison time. Um, those things still exist. Um, you know, being a black police officer, you know, you have conversations with people and even within a department and they say, oh, systemic racism, but that, there's no such thing as that. And I can give you perfect examples of what systemic racism is and what that looks like. Um, as a kid, we played in a park, the Bayside Park. And one day, uh, three cop cars pulled up. We're playing basketball. They stopped. They talked to us, asked us you know, questions. And, and just like uh, my man said, you know, he didn't know his rights. So we're answering questions. Oh, yeah, I live over here. This is my name. This is my date of birth, blah, 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 da, 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 da. And cops leave. I was 18 years old, I think I was, 17 or 18. 10 years later, I'm applying for the police department, and my application got stopped because a negative police contact came up in my background. And when we researched it, it said that I had been detained and interviewed, and by a gang interdiction unit, and it was handwritten. I never forget looking at it. It said, "Gang affiliation, Crip slash Blood," and it said reason, and it said frequent uh, known gang area because the park that we played in, which is in our
3: community, yeah, the only available park, there.
6: right, happened every so often. You had Crips come through there, you had Bloods come through there, and you also had the Essays come through. You had the the uh, Hispanic gangs yeah, come through. F thirteen.
3: Yeah. And um sorry
6: California. Yeah. 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 Man. My bad. Mm-hmm. West side. So um you had, you know, we had that situation, but but the reason I don't mean to be long-winded, but this no, is this, this is talk. what systemic racism looks like. Yeah. So 10 years later, I'm applying and that comes up. I had no idea it was on my record.
3: Mm.
6: And it wasn't like I was arrested or anything, but you know, when you run <laughs> my name, yeah. it said that I was detained along with these other young men. If it wasn't for the fact that my mom's educated, I went to the Marine Corps, and I had the resources to go back and find that, had to write a letter to the judge, Riverside County judge, to have that taken off my record. Wow. Okay. You know, because, you know, he was like, okay, this that shouldn't have been in, been in there. But at that time, that's what they were doing because there was a high gang problem. So being a cop now, I can see what the reason was, but the systemic racism part comes in would they have done that no in a white community
3: absolutely not would they have
6: pulled over some white kids and just randomly profiled while they were them shooting and, basketball and and put in a system
3: and right? so i'll take it a step further and i feel like the race the systemic racism is by doing that they also know or they should know as a police officer now that you have earmarked this individual for their future mm. that's the point i was getting at
6: If I didn't have what I had to go
3: with. The resources
4: that you you, had, you you wouldn't have got off your record.
6: I wouldn't have got this job. And that job would have changed my, my, This having this job changed my socioeconomic status. Correct. It gave me an opportunity to provide my kids with a different lifestyle. And that one mark could have taken it all away. And I had no idea it was on there. So then you think about how many countless other. That don't have have the resources. resources.
3: Or don't even have the, are not afforded the opportunity to see their background right. mm-hmm. to go that's not right but that but that's what that's what systemic racism
6: looks like that's just a small mm-hmm. example
3: but that small example leads to a bigger issue mm-hmm. because again the one out of 10,000 but actually it was 3
1: mm-hmm.
3: that week right We don't know what he did the day before, the days after, the years after. So you add, let's just do a little quick math. Would y'all entertain me with a little quick math? Mm
5: -hmm. As long as you're doing it. All right.
3: (laughs) Three a week, four weeks, 12 months, 10 years. Thousands. 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 That's what it looks like. Yeah, that's a lot of people. That's a lot, and that's a lot of young men and women of all races.
6: And 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 this is not a a original statement from me, but Mm -hmm. from our former chief, uh, Kurt Putney. He said that, um, verbatim, um, fighting that battle on the side of the street at that moment is not the time to fight that battle. Mm -hmm. Know your resources. Mm -hmm. So. If you are pulled over, and this goes to any citizen that's listening, if you are pulled over and you feel like you've um, been wrongly violated or your rights have been violated or, you know, you were talked to disrespectfully or whatever, file a complaint. Yeah. Um, our department is very, it's very, opened. very open for that. Um, and that goes back to the professional accountability in our core four is if if we get a complaint, no matter how simple it is, our it gets vetted and the it has to be addressed with
3: that statement i think some people is like you take some some things that have happened and then things come out later and you realize like this person had so many years of complaints
4: and nothing happened to him? and
3: no, and nothing ever happened right to him, right right and and then this last complaint resulted in whatever is yeah. resulted.
6: our department is is very uh account heavy. Mm-hmm. They, they, they hold people accountable. They hold people. Evolving. They yeah. evolve. Moving. Yeah. So it's not like it was where, yeah, we, yeah, we know, mm-hmm. you know, officer Joe so-and-so has a bad habit of, you know, cussing out little old ladies every time, you know, and it's just been swept under the But rug. it's
3: true though. It, mm-hmm. it, it has. That, that, that
6: has evolved to the point mm-hmm. now where, you know, with the body worn cameras, we do audits, we do, they, they keep track of all that stuff. And if mm-hmm. they see what they consider a, a, a pattern, mm-hmm.
4: um, it's dealt with it's dealt with yeah thanks for sharing that yeah yeah yeah
3: yeah i I don't know i guess for me it's it's just one of those where um i try not to i don't really mouth off i just kind of like like i i was in i remember when i first retired my daughter's playing volleyball and so i was in tennessee Mm -hmm. and i was driving and there was a police officer in tennessee at, sitting in the in the median, and I was making a left turn and uh, had my windows cracked, and it was my daughter in the front seat. And he was like, "You know that 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 those that, that tent is a little dark." He goes, where are you from? You from Tennessee? He said, "Nope, I'm reg- I am uh, I reside and registered in North Carolina." Mm-hmm. He goes, "Well, here in Tennessee, that's illegal." I said, okay, well, I'm in North Carolina, I'm good. And so he started to like, want to continue to banter and talk. And he was like, well, you know, you here in Tennessee right now. And then that light turned green. I said, well, sir, I got to go. Well, you know, okay. And I pulled off. Like he was a white officer. I know I wasn't the only car in that in that lane you know tent is mm-hmm. all over but instances like that in the interaction that i've received where the conversation starts about tent or busted mm-hmm. tail light but eventually goes in a direction that ultimately re- requires interaction that sometimes i i don't want to have or it's I, unnecessary yeah it's unnecessary but yeah. it's utilized as I, if I'm being honest, as an excuse to go down another mm-hmm. path that like, come on, man. This is a great opportunity for the listeners, but also for myself. Right, because what happens is you have listeners
6: that that's what we do. It, you sit around and do the what if. Well, what yeah. if this mm-hmm. and what if that, but you don't actually have a cop sitting in front of you and you can bounce that stuff off.
4: Yeah. yeah. Right. So I know we getting ready to come up on time and yeah. we've been we've been having a, an amazing conversation. Again, thank y'all for the transparency. A no, question I had for y'all, you mentioned you had two sons, JD and Chris, I know you're a father as well. What are you passing on to your kids as police officers? And what are you passing on to your kids as men?
3: That's a good question.
6: Um, well, my mine are a little older than Chris is. I've I got a 26 year old and a 24 year old. Um, and I've always, always uh, spoke to them about being respectful. Mm-hmm. Um even if the cop that you come across is a jerk, you maintain what I've taught you, mm. and then you bring it home to me and let me fight that battle. Uh, my son went to Mallard Creek High School. He was on the the uh, the teams that 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 won mm-hmm. the championships, and you know, he played with Marquez North and some mm-hmm. of the other boys, uh, Jalen Samuels, all them boys. He was on that team, and um, I just I remember just being, even though I'm a cop, but the dad. You know, them boys riding around. Mm. You know, and I had a I let my son use my uh back then I had a little uh, little forerunner and he'd be riding around. And these are scholars. Marquez North was a 4.0 GPA student, my son was a 3.8 GPA student, and all these boys are all Americans, but I, I can look at that vehicle as they're pulling out of my driveway with these big black athletic boys riding around in their car. And none of them are gangbangers. None of them are dope dealers. You know, a couple of boys end up going to the league, and I could cringe sometimes thinking about if they have that one mm. negative encounter. So what I've that what way. I've uh, always instilled in my sons is 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 do what I've taught you. Mm. Be respectful, and be true to your character, because your character, no matter what somebody puts in front of you, no matter what kind of narrative they might have in their mind of you, your character is always going to outshine that. Mm. So as long as your character is intact, we'll be
5: intact. Mm. For me, see, it's, I want to have my children to be defined by the content of their character, right? Not because, just on the flip side, them being looked at, perceived, and judged because they have a father who is a police officer mm-hmm. and is a white male just because he's a police officer and he's a white male doesn't mean that he's out here targeting minorities right it's it's this narrative and this brush that i said earlier that we're painting this brush mm-hmm. of, of prejudice right mm. it's it's the flip side also right yep. i i am a police officer i've done this because this is all i've ever wanted to know I associated a law enforcement officer to what a man was, right? That's, I told my mom I was going to grow up to be a man. Mm -hmm. That's what I wanted to do. And so now, 17 years into it, and the turmoil of society today, my children have to go to school. And everybody knows that their father is a police officer, right? So I want you to always represent yourself well and, you know, because I want my kids to know that I'm Chris Walters. I am not Officer Walters. I am not Sergeant Walters. To their friends, people that know them, I am Chris Walters.
3: Or Mr. Chris. In the I South.
5: define, I define yeah. the uniform. I don't let the uniform define me. Right. I don't take on the narrative of what the uniform brings. Mm. I want to create a new narrative to what the uniform could mean yeah. and what it should
3: mean. Absolutely.
4: Mm. That's really good. My grandfather was a policeman, but he passed away when I was thirteen. So I didn't get a chance to have that conversation with him about, Hey Gerard, here's what you need to do when you get pulled over. He's mm-hmm. like, I, I didn't have that and, and I didn't have anyone else to give me that conversation. Right. So as I think about me being a father now and I have a I have a daughter, I have a son, and what am I gonna tell them? Mm-hmm. When when it's time to have that conversation. And I and I don't wanna have that conversation based off of negative experiences or how I've Previously viewed police officers, I wanted to be genuine. I wanted to be real, right? And I want to tell my that's really good that what you gave us,
5: right? And I want to tell my children the same way that you act on that traffic stop. Mm. It's the same way I expect you to act when you're at the self checkout at Harris Teeter or Food Lion. You know, it's it's human decency. I want you treating everybody that you interact with the the same because Mm. it's a genuineness of who you are, Mm. and that's what I want my children to be genuinely good people and that no matter that who they're dealing with 100 percent.
3: well this has been awesome yeah exactly. it's been a it's been a privilege just to be able to talk and get get answers that I, I think <laughs> yeah. people want to have and hell if they didn't like it
4: i learned something yeah. you know and, and i also want to thank y'all just for the transparency yeah i mean sir. i think y'all you know just some of the things you guys were able to hit on and just whether it's from your backgrounds how you how you grew up right your previous views mm-hmm. I, I think that experiences that's, mm-hmm. it would, helps normalize a lot of stuff and i think that's what's happening right now is we haven't normalized a lot of thoughts or histories or tendencies so you guys help to normalize it. And, and and i pray that this is going to be a conversation that's going to go out and, and a lot of people one is going to continue but two this is going to hit and people are at least going to shift Perspective.
3: Well, appreciate it. Thank you, gentlemen. This is awesome. Thank Thank you you so much. Y'all
4: come back and hang out anytime. Absolutely.
3: You are a unique person. You are well worth it. You are competent. And most of all, you're lovable. I'm Steve Smith, Sr. I'm Gerard Littlejohn. And this is Cut To It. Cut To It with Steve Smith, Sr. That is me is a production of Cut To It, LLC, Balto Creative Media, The Black Effect, and iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple
4: Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From Cut To It, executive producer Steve Smith Sr., co-host Gerard Littlejohn, talent and booking manager Joe Fushi, social media team. Wesley Robinson and John Sho from Balto Creative Media. Cut to it is produced by Brian Baltacevich and Meredith Carter, with production assistance by Alex Labreck, production coordinator Taylor Robinson. Theme music by Alex Johnson, lyrics and vocals by Anthony Hamilton. If
2: you ain't heard about
5: it, then we're about to let you know. Cause you know it's
1: on.
2: Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions.
4: That's com.com slash compatibility.